0: You're listening to the Option Alpha podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey
1: everyone, this is Kirk here again at OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular podcast offered on iTunes and online because it's based on one thing and one thing only – and that's helping you guys make smarter trades. So thanks so much for tuning in today, and we've got an awesome show for you guys, probably answering one of the biggest questions that I always get. It's like I get this email constantly from people, and today we're gonna talk about breaking the zero-sum probability trading cycle, but in your favor, right? This whole idea that people think that probability trading ends up being just this zero-sum game. You make more, you make money, and then you lose a big amount, right? And we're gonna talk today about how you can break that in your favor and become profitable over the long term. So, we got an awesome show for you guys today. Here's kind of the game plan of the podcast. First, we're going to talk about, you know, what is a zero-sum game. So, what's kind of the understanding behind that? And then we're going to talk about a $1 wide profit or $1 wide spread and kind of use that as an example today to kind of use some real figures and kind of put some context behind this idea of a zero-sum game. And then finally, we're going to talk about why you should never let your winners run, right? This whole concept of of let your winners run and cut your losers short, why that's actually completely the opposite of what you should be really doing when you're trading. And finally, we're going to talk about why you should keep all of your losing trades open, right? I don't think anybody's ever said that, right? You probably never heard, especially online or on CNBC, hey, go ahead and keep your losing you know, trades open, right? You hear the complete opposite. But today we're going to talk to you and give you some real reasons why that is the case, why you should keep those losers open and working. Okay, so just an awesome show for you guys today. As always, I appreciate all of your guys' feedback and comments. You can go to optionalpha.com slash podcast to watch all the podcasts or to get the show notes from today's show. You can go to optionalpha.com slash show eight, just the number eight. Again, optionalpha.com slash show eight. Alright, so first let's talk about this zero sum game. So when people get started in options trading, and if they ever come across anybody who talks about probability trading, like I do, they always hear this idea of a zero-sum game. And here's what it looks like: if you made a, let's say, a coin flip and it's 50 cents. Okay, and I use this coin flip study a lot. I've I've done tutorials on this as well. But let's say you flip a coin with somebody in your betting and when it lands on heads, you're gonna pay them, you pay them 50 cents. And when it lands on tails, you get paid 50 cents. Okay? So the right simple coin flip. And when it lands on heads, you pay them 50 cents. When it lands on tails, they pay you 50 cents. Well, that's a classic probability example where over time you just keep flipping this coins, half of the time it's gonna land on heads, half of the time it's gonna land on tails. So at the end of the day, you're going to be either up $0.50 or down $0.50 depending on that last coin flip. But over time, you're basically going to make no money, right? And that's the whole idea of a zero-sum game is that when you make high probability trades, so if you're trading options and you make a trade that has a 70% chance of success, you're going to make a small amount of money on that 70% chance of success trade but the 30% of the time that it goes against you, you're going to lose a big amount of money that's going to completely wipe out the money that you made kind of those other times, right? That small amount of money that you made. And, and that's the number one question I think that I get from people is, well, Kirk, if options trading is so great, doesn't it end up being just a zero-sum game? And it doesn't, and we'll get into it here in a little bit. But that's kind of what a zero-sum game is. So now you have a little bit of basis and understanding. Now before we talk about kind of our example today with just using a $1 wide spread, I want to give this quick disclaimer and hopefully you can hear that I'm coming closer to the microphone because I want you to literally listen to this as many times as it takes to really get this ingrained in your head, right? And it's kind of like I'm, I'm pounding on the desk here telling you guys this. This only works when you trade a lot of different option trades, when you make a lot of different trades. And you do this over a long time. So this whole discussion that we're about to have only, only, only works when you make lots of little trades over a long period of time. See, what happens is that people come into this business and they get into options trading full force for 10 days. Or they read everything they can and they think they're going to do it and then they make a bunch of trades and they're out in 30 days. Or two months. Or six months for that for that matter. But I'm here to tell you and some people are not gonna like this. You have to be committed to this business if you wanna make this a long-term success for at least a couple years. Because you need a long time period for this stuff to work out. And it may work out early in the first year, and it may not. It may take you know two years or three years for this start to all, all this stuff to really start to click. But the whole idea is that the longer you trade. The more time you have, the better you're going to become and the more successful you're going to become trading options. But it only works on that long time period. So before we get into any of this, before anybody makes any comments about, oh, options trading it's just you know short term win, I am never, ever going to tell you guys that you're going to make money overnight. In fact, I tell you that you will not make money overnight trading options. What I will tell you is that you will make a lot more money trading options long term than you'll make trading stocks. And it's by using the techniques and strategies that we talk about on the website at Option Alpha and also in this podcast, but it only works if you do it over a long period of time. So all of you guys who are listening right now that are looking for kind of that short, quick fix and don't really want to be committed to this business, go ahead and turn the podcast off. This stuff isn't for you. This is for people who are serious that want to make this business, you know, very successful. Okay, so that's my quick disclaimer. Let's look at a $1 wide spread as an example. So let's say that we're trading just a basic call credit spread. Okay, and if you don't know about that, you can go ahead and search it online and we'll have a link in the show notes for a call credit spread video tutorial. But a call credit spread is where you want the market to actually go down, right? You're selling a call spread above the market, you want it to go down. And let's say that we're just doing a $1 wide spread. It doesn't really matter what stock it's on. It doesn't really matter what the strike price is on. All that matters is that the difference in the strike prices is $1, which means that's the most that that security can, that option can trade for when it's at its height of its price. Now let's say that you, on that one dollar wide spread, take in a credit of thirty cents or thirty dollars. Okay, so you take in a credit of thirty dollars, and that means that on a one dollar wide spread, your risk is seventy cents or seventy dollars. Okay, and options again are priced in cents, but they actually convert to dollars because of the 100 multiplier factor of the stock. So in that case, you actually have a spread where you could make $0.30 or $30 and in the worst case scenario, you can lose $70. So if everything goes well and the stock doesn't rally up to your strike price, you can make $30 and if the stock rallies up and beyond your strike price, you lose $70. Okay, That's a very typical trade. That's a very average trade that we would make on Option Alpha on our membership side. Now we take it a step further. Now we have those credits. Now we put some probabilities into that into place. Now let's say the probability of you making that 30 cents or that $30 is 70%. So you have a 70% chance that you will make $30 on this trade. On the flip side, you have a 30% chance that you will lose $70 on this trade. Okay, so it's very similar to our coin flip study, but just with different different numbers and different probabilities. So 30% chance you make, or 30% chance that you lose $70, 70% chance that you make $30. Now, here's where people will go cross-eyed and say, okay, got it, Kirk. But if I make $30 70% of the time and I lose $70 30% of the time, at the end of the day, I don't make any money, right? Because when I lose, I lose all the money that I've made. And when I make money, I only make a little bit of money. And that's where people come into this problem with this whole idea of being a zero-sum game. So here's how you specifically break that zero-sum game cycle. And it starts by not letting your winners run. See, what most people always hear, and it's a huge axiom in investing, is cut your losers short, let your winners run. But I'm here to tell you, when it comes to options trading, It couldn't be further from the truth. In fact, when it comes to options trading, you should never let your winners run. Now here's the logic behind it. So even though you have a 30% chance in our example, a 30% chance of losing on this trade, that is only the probability at expiration. So at the deadline, that is the 30% chance of losing on the trade means that once we go from today's date through expiration, which could be 30 days out. See, what most people don't understand is that stocks can swing much further in either direction before they actually get to expiration. So for example, your stock could be a, or your trade could be a winning trade early in the expiration cycle. The stock could be going in your favor. So the stock could be going down in this case. And you could be making a bunch of money. And then two days before expiration, the stock announces earnings or something and the stock just goes through the roof. Now you have a losing trade because two days before expiration, the stock went up a bunch of dollars and up a bunch of percent and now you have a losing trade. See, the whole thing with stock options trading is that you actually will have an opportunity at some point in the expiration cycle to likely have a profit. So you will be showing a profit at some point in that expiration cycle. So in the same sense on the other side, if we have a trade that has a 70% chance of making $30, we actually might have a losing trade at some point in the expiration cycle, right? So it's got a 70% chance of being a winner by expiration, which is 30 days out. But who knows what's going to happen in between there? The stock could go up $10, it could go down $10, whatever the case is. But here's the thing. If you keep your trade size small, you can weather that storm, right? If you have just one trade on and you didn't put on 1,000 contracts, then you can weather that storm where you hold a paper loss because you know over time it's going to be a winner 70% of the time. So how you break that cycle is you've got to actually take profits when they are shown. When you have a trade that's a 70% chance of success trade and you make, let's say, 20 cents of the 30 cents that you were going after, you've got to go ahead and close out that trade early and bank that profit. Because in a lot of instances, it may turn around and become a losing trade. So if you can cut the probabilities off early in the cycle where you close out that trade and bank that profit before you get to expiration, then in nearly every instance, you can break this zero-sum game that everyone talks about. Okay, so hopefully that makes sense. It's, It's talking about actually not letting your winners run. I'm talking about chasing down your winners and pulling them back in. Right? Closing out trades that are profitable and taking profits on those trades. So what people always then ask is, well, Kirk, if I take profits early on a trade, then that means that I'm not making enough for when the stock goes against me and I lose. But here's what I can tell you. If you do absolutely nothing, you don't take profits early, you don't close it out early, You don't close out a loss early. You don't close out a losing trade too early, too fast, whatever. If you don't do anything, you still make a high probability trade over and over and over again. At the end of the year, you're going to make no money. So the worst case scenario is you make these high probability trades and you make absolutely no money at the end of the year because it's going to be more or less a zero-sum game. Now, that's the worst case scenario. In the best case scenario, you make all these high probability trades and you close maybe one of those trades out early and that may be the trade that turned around at the end and could have been a losing trade but you closed it out early. So you are proactive in how you closed out the trade. That trade could have turned around and become a loser but you had already closed out the trade and banked the profit. Now you are breaking the cycle in your favor and you're turning the probabilities in your favor because when you close out a losing, a winning trade that's 100% probability of a profit, right? You close it out, it's a profit, boom, done. That may have been the trade that turned around and, and created a bunch of losses, but you closed it out early. So hopefully that concept makes sense. I know it's really hard to, to grasp and it's something that people really don't talk about that much, right? It, it's, it's honestly a hard concept for me to even teach. I've got so many notes here I'm trying to go over because it's so far from what people hear in the market, but, but it couldn't be further from the truth and hopefully that makes sense. Now, here's the last point that we're going to go over before we get into the closing bell, and that's that you should keep all of your losing trades, right? And and again, you probably never heard that before, so nobody's ever told you, hey, Kirk, why don't you keep all of your losing trades, right? And and I'll be the first to say, if you're trading a risk-defined strategy, like a call spread or a put spread, you should keep all of your losing trades, even if it's going completely against you. Okay, and I'll use real quick Home Depot as an example because I've used this example a hundred times on coaching when I coach people from all over the world. I've used this specific example back in February 2014. Home Depot, at the beginning of expiration, was trading at $78. Now let's say that you sold a call spread at $80. Okay, so you didn't want Home Depot to go above $80. And you've got about a $2 buffer, right? Home Depot is at 78 Your call spread is at $80. Now, the next day after expiration, the expiration month started, the next day, Home Depot opened up at $81. So you literally had a losing trade the next day that you opened, the next day that you had that trade on. So you went from placing a trade to having a complete losing trade day one. Now, again, most people would say, you know what? It's not enough, right? Like, it's too much. I got to cut that trade off. It's losing. You know, I got to stop order, whatever the case is. I got to make that trade, you know, go away. And so they close out the trade and they bank that loss, right? They just take that loss away. Now, we know if we're making high probability trades that we've got to hold that through to see if at expiration we get an opportunity to see a profit, right? But if we close it out early, we'll never get that chance. So you're a smart trader. You leave the trade on because it's a small trade anyway, it's not gonna hurt you if you have a paper loss right now. And Home Depot then continues to trade higher for the next five days going all the way up to 83, right? So now you're like, well crap, I definitely have a losing trade now, I need Home Depot below 80. And now it's trading at 83 and it was just at 78 a couple days ago, what's going on? And again, this is where most people, frankly, will poop their pants and get out of the trade. They get too scared. They get scared of holding a losing trade because they don't want to lose money. So what do they do? They close out the trade and they guarantee that they're going to lose money. Now at this point, I would tell you, keep the losing trade. And I've told that to many people and we are, we're doing it right now with a couple of trades that we'll talk about in the closing bell. But we're going to keep on holding those losses because at some point we might have an opportunity to make some money because we're trading high probability trades. Now, at the point at which Home Depot reached its height in early March, you now the expiration cycle in 2014 It reached up to 83, just a couple pennies above it. It never then came back down inside of 80. So it slowly made its descent from that height all the way towards expiration. And two days, count them, two days before expiration, Home Depot dropped under $80. So in the last two days of the expiration cycle, you are finally able to see a profitable trade and you could have closed out that trade at a profit. So here's why you have to do things the way that we just laid them out, where you have to take profits when you see them and you have to let the losers keep going because at some point they could turn around and become winners. And you just don't know when that's gonna happen. In Home Depot, that happened the last two days of the expiration cycle. So you had to be diligent enough and you had to believe enough in probabilities to hold that trade all the way until the last two days. And if you did, you were rewarded because that ended up being one of the high probability trades that it should have been. If you closed it out early, you never had a chance. If you had a stop order, you never had a chance because the stop order would have been hurt or would have been hit and you would have closed out a losing trade. So this is a classic classic example just to show you guys that you don't know When those probabilities are going to come into play. And if you trade mechanically, meaning you have to trade like a robot, you got to keep putting on the same types of trades, even when you lose, you got to keep putting on the same types of trades. Because if you believe in this and you know that it works long term, which it does, then you know over time you're going to have a lot of opportunities to manage or close profitable trades which is the whole name of the game, okay? So that's a great example using Home Depot where you never had an opportunity to see a profitable trade until two days before expiration and it's the traders who are diligent enough to hold that trade all the way through its losing paper losing that saw a big profit, okay? So really, really good example. So hopefully that kind of wraps that up but let's look at another example but we'll get into the closing bell here first.
0: Now. The Closing Bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward.
1: Okay, so in today's Closing Bell, I want to look at just one more example just to drive home this, this zero-sum probability uh, thing that we're talking about here on the podcast. And again, the whole idea here is that to break the zero-sum probability game, you've got to trade a lot. It's got to be long-term, right? We had that disclaimer in the beginning. And you've got to take profits when you see them. You've got to take profits when you see them because you don't know if that profit's going to evaporate. And that means that if you have a losing trade, you got to wait until you see a profit. And it's that simple. It's not any more complicated than that, right? And that just means that now it takes a lot of diligence and persistence to do the same thing over and over month after month and make this a long-term, very successful business and income for you. So let's look at an example. This is actually a live trade that we have right now in Goldman Sachs. So in Goldman Sachs, we ended up doing an iron condor trade. So we had a call spread and a put spread below the market. The day after we entered this trade, no joke, it's just like what happens in Home Depot. Literally the day after we entered this trade, Goldman Sachs started going on a major, major run and it had a huge run up from about 175 to 190. Okay, and just went straight up completely against our position. And it even went past our call strikes, which are at 190. So we don't want Goldman Sachs to go above 190. But midway through the month, it actually went up to 193. So now Goldman Sachs is trading up at 193, and we've got a call spread at 190. So we were actually looking at managing... Or having, not managing, but we were looking at a paper loss of about $417 at this point when Goldman was trading above 193. So most traders would look at that and be like, man, that's a huge loss. I'm just gonna go ahead and just, you know, take that loss. It is what it is and close out the trade and bank that loss, right? Tack it up into the losing column. I hate options, yada, yada. Options don't work. Well, in our case, that was the most we were gonna lose. And we know that we made a high probability iron condor trade. So what we decided to do instead was go ahead and just hold that position. It's got about 10 days to go in expiration. So we're about 10 days away from the expiration cycle ending. And just today, literally today as I record this podcast, Goldman is trading down about $4 under 189 or under 190. So it has come from 193 to down under 180 not 190 and is now back becoming a profitable trade and we can actually close out this trade for a small profit today, which we have a working order to do right now. So that's why options are so incredible and that's why you have to trade with a long-term view knowing that over time you're going to win. For Goldman Sachs, this trade went against us the entire month and now in the last two days it's given us an opportunity to make some money. Now, we could have closed it out with a $417 loss and said, oh, well, you know, options trading stinks. You know, I hate trading, whatever. But we believe in the trades that we're making and we believe in the probabilities and we believe in the strategies and we know they're going to work long term. We just have to be diligent enough to make those trades and hold them when it's tough to hold them. Look, I mean, I know it's like you got to grit your teeth and hold through that $417 loser. And look, it may not have turned around. This may have been one that turned, you know, was a, a big loser, right? But we know that at some point we're going to get a chance to to take some profits. And when they do show up, we got to be diligent enough to actually close out that trade, okay? So that's a great example using Goldman Sachs in the closing belt today. A couple other things that we're kind of looking at here just to kind of wrap up the podcast. Um, generally, stocks right now are are very high. I mean, that's that's all we can say. We've We've come completely full circle from the kind of quick sell-off that we had in October. Uh, And so it's going to be interesting how the stocks end up, you know, kind of closing out the year. If they do close, you know, as high as they are right now, it's going to be an incredible year for the S&P, which just means that, again, long-term probabilities are going to play themselves out. And we're going to have an opportunity to see a big sell-off at some point in the next couple of years as well. So all of these things, you know, they work themselves out. What goes up must come down. What goes down must come up. Um, I think right now the biggest trades that we're making are trades that are bearish. So we're making a lot of bearish trades, just betting on a little bit of market cyclicality that at some point between now and expiration, people are going to start taking profits uh, before the end of the year, and we want to be part of that. So we're kind of making some bets all over the place uh, with Yahoo and Yelp and First Solar that you know things are going to start you know heading back down south, and that's the way that we're playing the market. Right now,
0: thanks for listening to the Option Alpha Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at OptionAlpha.com. All
1: right, so I truly hope that you guys enjoyed today's show and got hopefully at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. And I hope what you guys did get out of this is that you don't need to cut your winners or cut your losers short and let your winners run. What you really need to be doing is cutting your winners short and taking profits and then holding some of those losing trades, even though it it's not, you know, favorable or you know it doesn't feel good to hold the losing trade. But if you believe in this probability stuff and you're in this for the long term, you're gonna end up on top. It's just a matter of time and making a bunch of trades. So as always, you can find additional show comments and some links to tutorials that are specific to this show by going to the show notes page on the blog and you can go to optionalpha.com slash show eight, just the number eight. Again that's optionalpha.com slash show eight and until next time, happy trading.